Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Clint. This is Steve. And we're excited to be back with y'all. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, we want to give a shout out right here at the beginning to Danny Seckfurt because she complained that she never got a shout out. And she's actually our one of our top listeners. I think she's yeah. second most listens of all. We, of our get, we gave a shout out to her husband because he's one of our top listeners. But she's also a top listener. She's an awesome, an awesome woman. So. We don't want to also make it seem like just because she complained she got a shout out, but she's just an amazing person, so she deserves one anyway. Yeah. So. So. Thank you, Danny, for for listening and for being an awesome friend. Yep. So, Clint, what is the current media that you're intaking? Actually, I don't have a whole lot of new stuff this week. I'm still listening to or still reading Into the Gleam by T.M. Duran. It's a really good book, Mm -hmm. and it's getting better. So I recommend you all check that one out. And then I started reading... Uh, True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort this week. Uh, oh, you own that? Yeah, I I just got it. So, Could, Do you mind if I borrow that in a little bit of time? Yeah, I'll be doing my consecration soon, but you can have it once I'm done. Yeah, I have plenty of time before I would want to use it. I intend to do the consecration to Divine Mercy. Oh, uh, yeah, And, and on one. Divine Mercy Sunday, and then two days later... You can start the consecration to Mary and end on yeah. Lady of Fatima. So yeah, that's my plan. Yeah. So all the listeners out there who are not sure what that is, Saint Louis de Montfort is kind of one of the leading theologians on Mary, and his kind of writings show how through Mary uh, we are able to present ourselves to Christ in, in, in a better light, to give our talents and our gifts to Him in a whole new way where she kind of takes what we have and gives it to Christ kind of wrapped up with a bow. So there's yeah. a lot more to it than that, but it, it's yeah. a very good read. Uh, even if Marian theology is something that you're kind of hesitant on, he explains it very well. So, yeah. And, and uh, the Contrication to Divine Mercy comes from St. Faustina in Poland uh, when Jesus appeared to her and sort of, gave her the Divine Mercy Chaplet and just told her to help the world consecrate itself to his divine heart and divine mercy. Yeah, and then uh, I've also been listening to and watching the Olympics, which started last night because Korea is on a different time than we are. So I was, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I was, cool. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I yeah, watched the Olympics so yet this year. Just getting started. but As for me, media this week I haven't heard too much of. <laughs> or like read or, or too much really uh the super bowl i watched that fly eagles fly um, Ooh, coming from you that's pretty i crazy. know i'm from pittsburgh uh and so i'm not a big fan of anything philadelphia but i also didn't want to see tom brady win six super bowls 
obviously that's a little that's fair selfish well. because the team with the most Super Bowl wins is the Pittsburgh Steelers with six. And so if Brady were to single-handedly tie that, I would cry. So speaking of crying, Valentine's Day uh, is coming up. <laughs> that's a stretch of a... And unlike us, <laughs> some of you may have significant others. True. Okay, you'll understand why I said the crying line in a little bit. We want to talk to you guys about today, besides Valentine's Day, is we're going to be talking about the vow, and Clint always cries during the vow. It's, it's a true fact. It's true, yeah. Almo- yeah. Almost every time I watch it, there's certain yeah. parts that get me. Yeah. Now, now the vow is a good movie. It's obviously not a new movie, but I think it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, so this holiday, Valentine's Day, right, that's coming up on Wednesday, supposed to be a holiday that celebrates the love between two people, more specifically in a romantic relationship, which, you know, is a callback to St. Valentine, who may or may not have existed. Aren't they, like, confused as to which St. Valentine? I think there's a couple of them. Or yeah, something. they're not really sure, like, what this day is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. The, the tradition is that, that he helped, he basically helped married Christian couples. Hmm. It's probably mm-hmm. the most true story of St. Valentine. Now, I think that some single people sometimes get a little jaded around this holiday, and I think that's sort of a poor response to it. This holiday has just so much to offer us single folk in that we get to share in and celebrate life-giving love around us, right? I think that love is something that attracts us. I think it's something that we're obviously made for, right? We are made for God's love. God is love, Deus caritas est, so we are made for God. And I, you know, I know clearly for Clint, but I know for me, uh, for sure, you know, my heart moves when I see a romantic gesture. Um, not necessarily just for like the gesture, but because we were made for love and that authentic love, I think is attractive to us. You know, like you see the proposals online and you're like, oh, like they're getting married and you get like excited for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love, I love to share in the joy of my friends. And so Valentine's Day is kind of fun. Obviously, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was out there on a date instead of watching this Netflix show, but you do with what you got. I think that we need to sort of remove our envy from our hearts during this because romances are not the only relationships we can experience authentic love. And envy is just this this thing where you, you become jaded and you get angry at it because you don't have it. And I don't think that's a healthy way to go about life. Right. Uh, now this Valentine's Day is a little bit different in that it falls on Ash Wednesday. Yes, it does. Uh, so if you're a Catholic listener, you know that you have to fast. So no fancy dinners. Or chocolates. Or meat. (laughs) Yes. Great, great Valentine's Day. Now, I actually think this is awesome, personally. I think this is great. Because now, instead of Valentine's Day being about all these gestures or the dinner or the gifts, it can really be focused in on the other and the love they have between them. And most importantly, on the source of that love which is God. Right. right? So rather than focusing on what can you do for me or what are you going to get me this year or where are we going, it's going to be focused on the person themselves and the the more authentic love. And and the source, right? And like this this, this, uh, life-giving thing, right? So Ash Wednesday starts the season of Lent whereby we repent of our sins and grow in our relationship with Christ, all headed toward Easter. Mm -hmm. And so if that is our focus, our other relationships will surely flourish. Yeah, and that's kind of a theme that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks is when you realize where you're, what you're created for and where your identity lies in, then you can better grow yourself and, and all the other relationships kind of follow from that. Yeah. 
you know, I, I think I've told this story about a hundred times on this podcast, but my spiritual director in college, he would always ask me how my prayer life was going because he could see that when my prayer life struggled, my relationship with others had struggled and vice versa sometimes. And he, he wanted me to be mindful of that, to not allow the struggles in my life to be affecting my prayer life, but also that if I wasn't rooted in prayer, it, it sort of spilled and bled out into my other, other relationships. So this Valentine's Day on Ash Wednesday, that sort of gives us the opportunity in that same way to shed away the pretense, acknowledge the way in which we may fail others, um, which we may feel they fail us, uh, mm-hmm. to have that sort of open communication, and sort of really commit to the agape love that we are called to share with that person. Yeah, and so agape love, just to kind of clarify, in Greek, so the original language that much of the the Bible was written in, mm-hmm. there are four different words for what we would today call love. And the one that we most commonly affiliate with how Christ loves us, how God loves us, is the agape form of love, which is the most selfless love. So maybe we'll do an episode on, on the, different the types four of types of love or something. Yeah. Or maybe we'll put it in... in um, some of our social media this week, and you can kind of check that out too. So. Yes, because agape love is this sort of self-sacrificing love. There's mm-hmm. eros, which, which is, is the romantic, romantic love. love. There is philia, which is sort of a friendship love, like the love you have with a friend. Mm-hmm. And then there is storgy, which is your family love. Yeah, right so there. like between a parent and a child, or a child and a parent, right. or that rare love between a brother and sister or something. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So, I mean, all of, all of our relationships are actually called to agape love as Christians. Right. Even our relationships with our enemies or a random stranger, we're called mm-hmm. to that agape love. But, you know, this other love sort of permeates in there, you know, those things. But those are all sort of, in a, in a certain sense, all of those other loves are transitory or they could be fleeting. You know, like romantic love can fade. Mm-hmm. Families don't always necessarily last forever in that people pass away friendships sometimes people grow apart you know but but agape love is something that that is a is an action you know and it's something that sort of permeates even through those things it's a choice a choice to endure and when we see in the bible love never fails uh and love is enduring and in first corinthians it's talking about this agape love that it's not dependent on another it's dependent on your choice and as long as you're making that choice then that love will endure so speaking of this love, going back to when we talked about the vow in the beginning, we obviously want to talk to you guys about the vow. Yeah. As I mentioned, this movie is not new. It's 2012. I think it's a classic. It's definitely, I don't often cry during movies. I do. Um, <laughs> so, so I can't say, I mean, it, it definitely brings forth emotion. I yeah. wouldn't necessarily say I cry, but. But I mean, I I would if somehow I was capable of doing such. But I've oh just, my gosh, I've never no not in that way. Like I've just never watched a movie and cried. The closest I've ever come was probably Toy Story three. Actually, really, yeah, like that got because it was just so much of my past and childhood oh, all yeah. caught up in it that like whenever and I knew it wasn't going to happen because it was nowhere close to the end of the movie. But when they were all like on that conveyor belt to the uh, incinerator mm-hmm. and like just held hands. Like I didn't cry, but like there were tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, oh, no, it was yeah. just, I don't know why. 
that was like the, that was the closest I've ever come to crying in a movie, which is super weird. <laughs> because like I wish I would be crying for like the vow, but no, I'm crying for an animated movie about toys. Hey, it it happens, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I I get very invested in movies and in, in the relationships in them. So yeah. And for people who really know me, I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve sometimes. So yeah. yeah so I'm yeah, confident I, in that. Yeah, and, and honestly, I, Toy Story is a great Toy Story three is a great movie and. It's just that that was sort of my entire childhood, too. So it was just yeah. like this very long thing. And like a callback to my childhood, which I think it was, I was in like college when Toy Story 3 came out. So I was like. Right. And so was Andy. You know, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. uh, we grew up with, with him. Yeah. yeah. Now, the thing I love about the vow is it really shows the idea of marriage in a sacramental sense. In that the main lead, Leo, who's played by Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum chooses to love even in the most difficult moments when his wife Paige played by Rachel McAdams loses her memory including all of her memories of him like she has no idea who he is Mm -hmm. and you watch like the movie up and people are like oh like the movie up like showed this like great love story like so briefly I really think the vow does that too in that that first like 30 seconds scene where you see them together like it really displays the love that they have for each Mm -hmm. other before they get in a car accident and she she loses her memory. Right. And um, something that a lot of people, I guess, kind of overlook, it, and it talks about it in the end of the movie a little bit, but this was based off of a true story. I don't um, know how accurate it is, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did not actually know that. Clint just told me that today before we started recording. Yeah. It, like, completely, like, shocked me. I didn't know it was based on a real movie. Because it, it seems like such a Hollywood movie and i'm sure they took some liberties with it but it's definitely based off a real story and they even kind of talk about the couple and and the family uh, Mm. in kind of the outro of the movie a little bit so i mean i'm sure i saw it but i think i was so caught up in the other emotions yeah totally understandable so just throughout this whole movie he's trying to live out his marriage vows to be with her in better or for worse you know to just be there for her to cater to, to give her what she needs even though a lot of times she wants nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants what's, you know, he, he wants to be what's there to comfort her because they've been married, but she doesn't know who he is. And so it's not comforting. It's kind of scary, scary for her. Throughout the entire movie, he does everything to help her. And I think in this, he really acts like Christ in the relationship. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But uh, there comes a point when it becomes very clear that her memory is not returning. And so she decides to sort of forsake all of the things she liked before her memory loss to go back to what she liked beforehand things she remembers back to what was comfortable right and i think this is really important so she goes back to her ex-fiance she goes back to law school she sort of forsakes art she was an artist so she gives up art and she goes back to law school because she remembers that that's always what she wanted to do you know she has no recollection of why she would choose art she was like i'm not an artist you know, mm-hmm. and he like you know Channing Tatum like she was she yeah. was really good yeah he like tries to take her to her studio and she's like this stuff's really good but like she, she has no recollection of how to even do it or why you know mm-hmm. and she goes back to her strained relationship with her parents now she has no recollection of having a strained relationship but the entire time she knew Channing Tatum like he barely ever met her parents because they had this sort of relationship and she's like this would never happen. Like, I was always very close to them. Mm-hmm. So she leaves Channing Tatum um, and goes back to, or Leo, and goes back to <laughs> these. I think this, in a way, teaches a really valuable lesson. 
that the events and struggles of her past help us to grow. She soon finds out that she hates law school and she loves art because the entire time she's in law school, she finds she's doodling. And it's like this moment of clarity for her that why am I here? Like, Mm -hmm. I clearly like doodling, you know, which leads to art. Right. (laughs) She finds out, I think her friend, I think it was like her name was like Diane or Diana, something like that. That sounds right. Had no idea that she lost her memory. And she comes up to her and apologizes for this like extramarital relation she had with her father um, that I think he was like super unrepentant of. Mm-hmm. And so she finally finds out like why she stopped talking to all of her old friends and why, you know, she had such a strained relationship with her parents. And she eventually realizes she didn't want to marry her ex-fiance because she didn't know what life was like without him. You know, she wanted to see what life was like and that all she had ever known was this guy. And to a certain extent, she found she really didn't love him as much as she thought she did. Mm -hmm. Now, those struggles and seemingly terrible events, um, I think on the surface, you're like, man, that sucks. You know, like all that stuff she had to go through a second time. But in a way, they help her to grow into the woman that she's meant to become. And so in the same way, our past teach us the lessons that lead us to heaven. Something I want to point out real quick is you mentioned that Leo is kind of, in a way, kind of like a Mm Christ-like figure in in the way that he loves her. And I want to point out that throughout this whole time when she doesn't remember him and in a way rejects him and and kind of turns against him, he's still pursuing her, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And that's very much like how... Christ, even when we turn our back on him, even when we want nothing to do with God, he's still pursuing us. Yeah. But ultimately, I think this is kind of in a way portrayed too, ultimately it has to come down to our decision to accept the the pursuit and be in that relationship. You know, a lot of the times we ask, oh God, well, why aren't you, why aren't you here? Why aren't you doing this for me? Blah, blah, blah. But we don't allow him into our lives. We don't allow him to... Uh, engage in this relationship so that we can be a part of that mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of resemble here too when when she rejects leo and moves back to her old way of life he at sometimes lets her go and lets her have her space uh, because just like god uh, he allows her to have that choice you know he's, yeah. he's not forcing himself on her and and that is the agape love expecting nothing in return that's, I think, a, a beautiful thing in that that relationship that you were kind of talking about of accepting God's love, like accepting Christ's uh, love for us. In a certain sense, there's a parallel, too, of why it's so important to have a prayer life, why it's so important to have that relationship with him. Because, you know, if he's a stranger, then it's very easy to sort of turn back to our old life without mm-hmm. him, you know. And so there needs to be this chance to get to know him and to grow in love with him. Right, it's, a, or, it's an actual relationship, an organic relationship. Right. Now, as as Clint was mentioning, like where was Leo in all of this, right? And and he was, he was pursuing her. But as JP two says, love is willing the good of the other, and from the Catechism. Mm-hmm. So he tries desperately to guide her away from repeating uh, and reliving the past hurts of her life. But ultimately, he loves her so much that that he lets her go. Right, so he's pursuing her, pursuing her, pursuing her throughout the movie. Um, and he has this line that is the line that Clint cries to. And honestly, is a very tear-jerk. I might have actually teared up at this line. Yeah, every so time. It's, it, it's at the wedding or after the wedding. And it's where they officially break up. And mm-hmm. and 
she's apologizing for everything and he's apologizing for everything and he looks at her and just says how do you look at the girl that you love and tell yourself to walk away yeah and gets you right in the old ticker yeah (laughs) and so you know she ultimately wants to go back to her former life so he has to decide to, to let her go because he loves her, uh, and love is free. It's a free choice. You know, that's why we have free will. Because God wants us to love, to respond to his love in love, but he's not going to force us to love him. You know, he gives us the freedom to do what we we choose, and he just hopes that, that we choose to love him, right? In the same way that Channing Tatum, he doesn't do this because he is, like, defeated in a certain sense. Like, yeah, but he does it more because... He wants to give her what she wants, you know, choose to let her go. And, and that's really where, where love lies. It's like the passenger song. You only uh, know you love her when you let her go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's really what's kind of going on here. And so Channing Tatum's character, Leo sort of lets her go and she, uh, she goes back to her old life and, and to him, he's not sure. I mean, I'm pretty, he's pretty confident he'll never see her again. You know, like he's lost the love of his life. Yeah. But he's willing to make that sacrifice for her, mm. which is which is a beautiful and sad thing that I'm getting all tear jerked up for. <laughs> Y'all might hear us cry on air for the first <laughs> time ever right now. Um, <laughs> my heart. Okay. So ultimately, uh, the movie, as I mentioned before, the movie ends with her learning these lessons again. Um, she goes back to art. And so she eventually bumps into Leo, and she invites him to sort of take her out on a date, right? So they... Yeah, no. Spoiler um, alert. So he ends up suggesting one of her old favorite places that I think they went on their original first date at, something like that. But she decided that they want to go, she wants to go somewhere new that they've never been together. And she wants to step out of the shadow of her past and make new memories with him. So that's how the movie ends with basically them starting dating again. Now, we never know if they end up together. It's based on a true story, so I'm sure you could probably look that up. They get married. In real life? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, it might have been, like I said, it's been forever since I've seen the movie, but, but it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's very good. In the same way, we're called to learn from our past and not be slaves to them, right? So we have to learn uh, and move on in our relationship with Christ. Like the past helps inform our decisions, right? So we don't repeat the same mistakes, that we, that we grow and we learn as an individual. And we sort of learn from our past mistakes and, and take note of sort of our triumphs and, and try to to make it through but we're not called to be slaves to our past we're not called to dwell there the past is already in the past the past is dead and so those who remain there are sort of dead in a certain sense right and we're not the sum of all of our pasts you know or the sum of god's love for us and so we have to take the lessons of the past reside in that love and sort of live in the present looking forward to the future kind of learn from them and then move on yeah and, and you sort of see that in this movie that they they she learns from her past and so does leo and they they sort of move forward together mm-hmm. right making new memories um and growing together all new and so hopefully one day uh if i'm called to marriage i hope to be a husband like leo right who just loves as purely as he does because Throughout the entire movie, he takes up his cross for her every single day, and he lays her life down in service to her. And really, that's the call of a husband in marriage. 
you know. And as you were mentioning, like with her character, she wasn't at first, but you see by the end of the movie that she's receptive of that love, mm-hmm. right? She's willing to receive it. And sort of that's the call of a bride, right? The the wife in marriage is to be able to receive that love, that like self-sacrificing love, and, and to respond in kind. Because you see that in St. Paul's writings where there's that sort of mutual love for each other and the man's supposed Ephesians to act as, five. Yeah, he's yeah. supposed to act as Christ in the relationship and the wife is to act as the bride of Christ. And as men, there's a lot we can learn from women in that way mm-hmm. because we are also, as members of the church, a bride of Christ. Right. So we kind of have this dual role that we sometimes live, but but that we need to, as men, be able to receive the love of God and then in turn act as Christ in our relationships. Yeah, and something I find really cool about Leo's sacrifice is he has his own company. He has his own recording studio that is his dream. It's mm-hmm. everything he's ever wanted. And he he pursues that and he loves that. But when it comes to trying to save this relationship and, and love her the way that he needs to, he's willing to throw that out the window. Yeah, And there's even a scene in there where we see the com- the company's falling apart. Mm-hmm. His business is falling apart, and his employees are they they can't handle it without him. And he says he's got to do what he's got to do, you know, to to save the relationship. Yeah, and I think that that's a real testament to what is truly important and where is our our primary vocation, right? If we are called to marriage, first and foremost, our primary vocations are to God. So like that comes first before anything mm-hmm. but then if we're called to marriage like that's sort of our mission right whatever our vocation is that's our, our mission so that's the way in which we are to pursue god right? right keeping him as the center but then recognizing that like this relationship is of god and i need to do something for it and i think as men we we often kind of get that mixed up a little bit mm-hmm. and we we are so obsessed sometimes with providing for our family that we forget about our family, you yeah. know? And I think men are notorious for doing that. We get so invested in our work and, and we are convinced that we are doing it to support our family. But in the end, we are so invested in our work that we're no longer yeah. investing in the people that we are working for. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just remember back to my, my childhood. I, so I was an only child and my parents, I mean, they bought me every toy that I could have ever wanted. <laughs> They tease me because I was a little bit of a brat. I was a little bit of a spoiled brat. And I remember that, you know, I could be in, like, an Ace Hardware, and I'd find a toy. And I'd, like, want to pout until <laughs> they bought me that toy. And my parents like, how are you finding these toys? Like, this isn't even a toy store. <laughs> um, but I would find a toy, and I'd be like, I want this. And then, like, I'd, I'd throw a tantrum if I didn't get it. Um, I have since, wow. I have since grown of that. But that was that was little five year old me. <laughs> it is what it is. Take it or leave it. And but I remember back, and they would have they bought me all these toys. But when I look back at my fondest memories, they were like they were when like my family, like played with me. I remember more specifically. I used to like I had all these toys. I'd play with my mom's slippers, and I'd have like pod races with them. Nice. Yeah. Pod uh, races are from Star Wars. For those of you who are not geeks. Yeah, we used to. Um, we had this like coaster set mm-hmm. that had this like one gem 
it was like a metal band and like a gem on it. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, I would sometimes like put them in line and I would like play like I was Indiana Jones. I remember playing with my mom. I was like four or five years old and we played Indiana Jones. We were like in the, like this temple and like I had to line them up and it, obviously that ended. I was like, it spells out a message. And I was like, yes, the message is go to bed. And I was really upset. <laughs> but I remember my mom and my dad playing with me. And so my point being yeah, that's that awesome. oftentimes as, as, as men were like, oh, we have to provide and be able to provide our kids with everything they want. When in reality, small children, what they want is just their parents to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, they want that relationship with them. Yeah. That, that playing with your kid means a lot more than buying them the new Xbox, even though they might cry if they don't get it. In the long run. In the long run, the memories that they're going to have, the ones that are going to be important and the ones that are really going to help form them are the relationships with their parents. Yeah. So so getting back to the topic. Yeah. So spiel. So all you potential fathers out there, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> Advice coming from two single men. Yes. But two single men who've read a lot of theology. Yes, that's true. So this Valentine's Day, I encourage you guys to seek that sort of self-sacrifice, that agape love in mind. You know, not make this holiday one of grand gestures or fancy dinners and gifts, but that patient, kind, and self-sacrificing love that we talked about. So it kind of brings me to my challenge for this week, to seek and live out this agape love in all of our relationships. Not necessarily just romantic relationships. Yes, that's Valentine's Day's focus, but Mm -hmm. in our friendships, those that we have with our enemies, and even those with complete strangers. Yeah. You know, we are called to have that agape love with all of them. Learn to give of ourselves in service. You know, with Lent ha- happening this Wednesday, and one of the themes of Lent is almsgiving, right, is right. actually service, is acts of charity, to really maybe commit this Lent to doing love, like doing an act of love or act of charity for, for somebody mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. You know, maybe just go down to a local soup kitchen or food pantry and just help out, you yeah. know. Also, if you are in a relationship, to seek the good of your significant other, um, even if that's hard. Because as St. Thomas Aquinas has said, that the uh, greatest act of love is to lead someone to the truth, right? The ultimate truth of God. And so if there is a place that someone needs to grow, sometimes pointing that out to them, even though sometimes that's hard and uncomfortable, is, is really an act of love. And I there w- are ways to do that that are better than, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. <laughs> I would go so far as to say that if loving for you is not hard, then you're probably not sacrificing enough mm-hmm. because it it's something that's difficult. It's it's radical and it is hard to serve a lot of the times when you're not receiving certain yeah. things back. Yeah, and you know, we always hear of this thing, oh, relationships are 50-50. And in a Christian sense that's not true. In theory and in hope it's 100-100, right? Where you're both giving your all. But yeah, but in reality like you should be going into it at 100%, even if you're giving getting zero in return. I think of, like, Hosea, you know, where he married the prostitute who just kept leaving him. But that was sort of a metaphor. The reason that God called him to that was to show, look, this is how I love you, where you were, I am pursuing you 100% all of the time, and you will go, and you will sin, and you will turn away from me. Mm-hmm. But even when you do that, I still love you. Just as, even though... Rachel McAdams' character leaves Channing Tatum's is like, I love you. I'm still here. I'm still right. pursuing. And so to remember that, and then to remember the sort of love that you are deserve and are made for is that uncompromising, unconditional, and self-sacrificing agape love. We'll go ahead and do some closing shout-outs then. 
So obviously we had Danny at the beginning. We want to give her a shout out. Yeah. I want to give another shout out to our friend David for letting us borrow his laptop the past couple weeks. Yeah. Because we now, last night I got in the mail a new laptop for myself. So we are good to go. And hopefully we do not have any more recording or software issues. I think we're through the worst of it. Yeah, we, we had a little bit of issues getting it to start recording today, but we figured all that out. And yeah. by we, I mean Clint. Yeah. I just kind of sat here and drank tea. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And for those of you who are new to listeners, we, we have this tea that we drink literally every time. And it's Barlow's? almost it's almost always a gift. It's berries. Berries. Okay. Yeah. So it's a gift. It's Irish tea, but it's a gift from uh, my former boss at the Pines. So, yeah. Lindsay Berry, thank you for the tea that we drink every episode. Yeah. So. Shout out to you. Yeah. Hopefully you're listening. Hopefully. Uh, shout out to my friend Tess. She is finally a listener to our podcast. I saw that. Yeah. I went and had dinner with her, and we were talking about everything. Talking about life, we were just catching up, and I asked if she was listening to the podcast because she, she was like, oh, like I always love your perspective on theology. And I was like, you can catch that every week at our podcast. For free. For free. And she was like, well, I don't have iTunes. And I was like, we're on SoundCloud. And she was like, what's SoundCloud? And I was like, oh. I was like, Give, I was like we'll just download this app right now. We're, so, we're on everything now. Yeah, we're like on all, all the app services. But I just helped her out with it. And so now she's That's listening. Awesome. And so shout out to her when she finally gets caught up on this episode. Yeah. So I want to give another shout out. We have a listener in Armenia this week. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. So all of our international listeners, all of our domestic listeners, you guys are awesome. This past week has actually been a huge influx in listeners. So it's kind of exciting for us. It makes us, I don't know, excited to do this every time. And hopefully you guys are enjoying it. So we had quite a few listeners. So that that was awesome. We want to thank you guys for that. And Going off of that, we are now on Twitter. So if you want to check us out uh, at Twitter, we're at, at on the adventure two. Mm-hmm. So kind of a weird name. Thing, yeah, we're it's working what, with it's it. It's what we had. Yeah. So if you're on if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, please, please, please share us. Tell your friends. We're trying to get this to as many people as possible. And again, if you're in Hawaii or Alaska, we're still <laughs> trying to work you. on those states. We're looking uh, for you. So. Keep that in mind, and At, oh, it's super fun. so uh, shout out to to Jen from Galveston. Mm-hmm. She's actually like think on vacation in Hawaii, maybe. I think she's in yeah. I think she's in Maui. Or she something. is yeah. So, so I'm gonna, maybe I'll give her a text and be like, Jen, please listen. Tell, tell people about our podcast. Listen yeah. to our podcast in in Hawaii. That would be great. Yeah. So yeah. So again, we want to thank you guys for listening and joining us on the adventure this week, and we'll see you guys soon.